Welcome to your Life by Design podcast, the show that will have you seeing how magical you truly are so you can start designing a desired and fulfilled life. Hi, I'm Karen Galway, a certified human design reader, a 6-3 manifesting generator, and an energetic embodiment coach who is completely obsessed with helping you step out from your shadows and leap into your light. And in true 6-3 manifesting generator form, this podcast will not just be about human design, but rather the tools you need to call in the desires in all areas of your life. View it as your tool book, not your rule book. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. This podcast is for the women who are ready to become paradigm shifters, subconscious mind wizards, and healers of their own life. They are ready to rediscover themselves so that they can fully show up as who they came here to be and live a life by their design. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to part three of what is human design. Um, parts one and two were already recorded where I went into a little bit about what I, how I came across human design and what it is. And we dove into the types, the, um, strategies, the themes, as well as the authority. Authority was in part two. I decided to break it up. And for today, we're going to dive into the centers. And then I want to share with you some other parts of your human design that is not as well known that I think have contain just such incredible awareness and information about who you are. And so when I do my deeper readings, I always include these little aspects because I think it helps us understand ourselves more. At least it really helps me understand myself more. Because I think like so many times we have these gifts or we have things that, that, you know, we wonder why we are the way we are or why we have certain desires and drives and, and what's kind of the the driving force behind all that. And so when we dive into different aspects of your human design chart, it gives you more of that information. So I want to share that with you um, so you can kind of look into that for yourself. But the first thing we're going to do is dive into the centers. Now, there are nine centers and they are influenced a little bit from the chakra system. So that's one of the um, systems that is influenced, that influences the human design system. And while there are seven chakras, there's like nine um, human design centers, and for the most part, they correspond to each other. But there's, of course, there's a, a few extra, a couple extra ones there. But we're going to start with the head, the head center, um, and then we'll work our way down to the root center. Now, in your center, if you look at your chart, it's either going to be that center is going to be colored in, or if it's going to be white. And if it's white, it's either white with there's numbers on your centers that correspond to gates. So if it's white that number might be highlighted. And if it's a white center with a number that's highlighted, it's considered an undefined center. But if it's a white center with no numbers highlighted, then it's considered a um, it's considered to be an open center. And if it's colored in, it's considered to be a defined center. And the reason why that's important is because the theme of that center changes or how that the energy of that center changes uh, based on whether it's defined, undefined, or open. And so I'm going to do a really brief overview of these centers to help you understand it a little bit more. So each center has its own theme, and then how that center operates within that theme is based on whether it's open, defined, or undefined. And of course, if it's undefined or defined, there's more information about that center regarding what gates are activated in there, which we will not go through on this episode. 
because um, that's a lot. <laughs> but the first thing to know is if you look at the head centers at the top, that kind of responds to like, I guess, our crown um, chakra or um, just like almost like the connection to the connection to the our higher self. So the head center is all about inspiration, thoughts, and questions. And if it's a defined center, there's going to be a constant mental pressure to like ask and answer questions and try to make sense of things. And this is exactly, I have a defined center and I want to, or defined head center. And I want to say that only 20, 20% of people have defined a head center. So it's not that common. And so my husband makes fun of me because I ask questions. I ask a lot of questions. I am the person, if we're at like a seminar course, I will have my hand raised asking questions. It's how I make sense of it. And sometimes the questions are, at least to my husband, like that is irrelevant. But in my mind, I'm like, no, it totally makes sense. I'm able to make sense of it now. And I didn't realize that until I saw my human design. I'm like, well, that makes total sense why I'm like that. So there's this constant mental pressure to ask and answer questions. There's a consistent ability and mental endurance to handle process and, un- and understand complex topics as well. And we tend to be internally inspired through downloads, like from that, you know, our higher self and from that to feel the consciousness. Um, The undefined or open center characteristics of that center is there's a constant mental pressure to answer other people's questions and make sense of things that don't matter. So it's like they're focusing on things that are irrelevant. Um, And so it's important for those with an open or undefined head center to really rely on their strategy and authority to determine if if it's like relevant for them. Is this something that they need to focus on? Because they can pick up other people's ideas and questions. And And at nighttime, there could also be um, almost like their head is just constant questions and ideas floating through their head, um, like their brain is completely on fire. And that could also be related to the open um, center because you're taking in information, you're processing that's not even related to you. The beauty about undefined and open centers is because there isn't a fixed theme or fixed way of doing things. We can like, those who have open uh, head centers can provide a lot of insight to other people. So ask questions that maybe others, especially those with defined head center, would not even have thought for themselves. So it's able to reflect back on other people. All right. The next one is the Ajna Center. The Ajna is all about thinking and concepts and answers to the questions from the head center. And so if there's a connection between the head center and the Ajna, there's almost like questions come up um, in uh, in the head, the Ajna comes up with answers or comes up with like ideas of how to carry out the, um, or some ideas of how to carry out the the questions or answer the questions. And I have a connection between my head and Ajna and I'm constantly asking questions, finding answers, asking questions, finding answers. And it's, and I can find it pretty quickly or there's this pressure to find it because of that, the, the definition that I have in those centers. So if it's a defined Ajna, there's a consistent source of mental energy to process information and think and like a fixed way of thinking. So you're less likely to be influenced by others' thoughts or opinions, and it can be harder for them to also change their opinion on things because it, they're just set in, in that because it, it is that definition defined energy. And they can there can also be a, a strong tendency to make decisions from the mind, which can also lead to some feelings of inadequacy because our decisions really shouldn't be coming from the mind. 
Um, it really should be coming from our authority and making decisions that way. So if you're making it through the mind, you're going to be making it through conditions and programs, which of course are going to lead you to feeling unsatisfied or inadequate because you're making it through someone else's filter. Undefined open characteristics um, of a um, of the Ajna or characteristics of an undefined or open Ajna is that there's no consistent way of processing information. They can be flexible and have an open way of approaching things, coming up with concepts and ideas. They're more susceptible to being influenced by others though. So if you have an undefined or open Ajna, it's important to recognize like, why is your opinion? Why is your thought on something versus what is something you're taking on from other people? Um, they can be more open-minded and flexible in changing their opinion as well. There is a challenge with undefined and open characteristics to be fearful of looking stupid, so they pretend to be certain about things that don't matter. So again, running it through your strategy and authority of like, what is worth your energy to focus on? What is worth, like, and, and use your authority, or rather your strategy to determine when is the right time to share your wisdom. Your throat center is all about communication and, and taking action with your voice. And so basically what ends up happening is the pressure center in your head and the pressure center in your root kind of come together and they come together and meet at the throat center. And the throat center is all about taking action, taking inspired action, communicating with your voice what you're going to be doing. Um, it's called a manifesting center and not manifesting in the sense of like we have like what we're going to we're going to uh put in our mind and it's going to come out in our reality, but it's like, we're going to take inspired action. We're going to communicate this pressure. It's the way it's, it's for us to take actions, kind of like the, the idea behind it. And so if you have a, um, if you have a defined throat center, you have consistent access to your voice and you have a natural confidence due to that consistent access. You know, I have a defined throat center and one of the things I've realized, especially because I think in one of my gates is also um, in my incarnation cross too, is that I was also connected to my solar plexus is that I need to talk. Like I've noticed that I had, in order for me to process my emotions, it's talking it out. And it could be talking to myself. It could be talking to other people, but I just need to process it through my voice. And um I, I feel pressure to communicate from my voice. And once I communicate it, that pressure is, is alleviated. And I've always felt that need. Um, even like being told that, you know, surprised I would say something or I can't believe you shared your thoughts on that. Like it was like a pressure to do so. Otherwise, I would feel like I was going to explode. <laughs> that was like what I would say. And I've come to realize that that plays a big role because of defi- my defined um, throat center, but also the gates that are activated in that center. If you have an undefined or open um, throat center, there's more flexibility and spontaneity to the way of expressing yourself. Um, you can feel amplified to speak uh, around other people. So my daughter, she has an undefined throat center. And when she, I've noticed that when she's by herself, she's quiet. But when she's around other people, like she's super duper chatty and almost like a nervous chatty energy. And it's like it, her throat center or when you have an open or undefined throat center, it is amplified by people around you that have defined throat center. So it's almost like this need to talk because you feel the pressure or the, the amplify. it's being amplified. You almost feel the pressure from other people. Um, and so if it's a healthy, healthy throat center, it's like, again, you are tend to be quiet when you're by yourself, but um, in a more relaxed state, uh, the more relaxed state is, is, is one of silence. But when you're around other people, there's this pressure to speak. And so it's important, to, again, to run through your strategy and authority of 
is this the right time to share something? Is this, um, should I be saying something? Let me run it through my authority so you know when is the right time to like express that and you're not just being pressured to talk just for the sake of talking. Okay, so the next one is the G Center. And the G Center um, is one, the theme of the G Center is all about love, identity, and directions. And I'm gonna be honest, when I was learning and going through my certification process with human design, it took a while to really sink my teeth into the G Center. I didn't really quite understand it, but it's a powerful center because it is where um, your magnetic monopole exists. And the magnetic monopole is one of the theories as to how human design works. And it basically says that we have this magnetic monopole that attracts um, desires into our world. It's it's what it's when we're living, when we are living authentic, authentically according to self, it's when we're able to step into um, our purpose and, and we're able to attract more things coming towards us because of like, that's the whole idea. It's like the magnetic monopole is pulling things towards you. And so I'm just going to go into just a general, um, how the open, uh, undefined and defined centers of the G center work because there are, because there's like, it works based on love and identity. And I'm not going to go into specific ones because that really depends on what gates are activated there. But the, the characteristics of someone who has a defined G center is that there's this fixed and reliable self identity, like a sense of being loved and lovable. And it's a consistent way of offering love. Um, they tend to have a defined mission in life. They tend to like know where they're going and there's like this purpose and they're driven to do it. Um, and they, they, the challenge is that they can expect other people to follow them and you can expect, they almost like they want to be the leader and they expect other people to follow them. The undefined and open G center it's more, there's no fixed identity. So it's almost like they need to sample identities. And I have an undefined G center. And and what I realized is it contributes to my sampling aura. I have a huge sampling aura, which means I have to experience it in order for me to truly embrace if this is for me or not. And it's not um, helpful for someone to tell me to do something or not to do something. I have to like figure it out for myself. And it, that doesn't necessarily come from the G center. It also comes from being a manifesting generator, having a 6-3 profile. It's a big part of being a 6-3 profile. Um, also having a triple split and being able having to like sample to feel like what that, uh, what would it feel like to have like a solid circuitry in my, in my definition of my um, centers, which we won't get into that. But that's like another thing with human design as well. So we might struggle to know who we are because of that. We need to sample. And what's important for those who have an undefined or open center is to give yourself permission to sample, is to lean into things, lean into your desires, try it out, try, you know, try on the hats of different things and see if it fits and, and then run it through your strategy and authority that way. Um, and so one of the things I've also realized is with the deconditioning process with the G center and the identity piece for de- the deconditioning process with someone who with an open um, G-Center or undefined G-Center where it could be so easily, easy for us to take on this identity because we just absorb the aura of, of other people or we, we absorb, we're almost like can be considered a chameleon where we can just be who we are or be, be almost similar to the people we're around, which is great in the sense that we have this ability to get along with just about anyone or relate to just about anyone, but we can feel lost if we're not really sure who we are in that sense. But that pursuit of trying to figure who we are is the deconditioning, you know, um, sampling and experimenting and 
figuring things out for yourself is the process of deconditioning. Someone who has a defined G center, the deconditioning process with that is a lot of shadow work and mirror work to make sure because you can be so um, strong in your identity that it's like, this is who I am. And so, but we need to make sure that that identity is serving you. And so um, doing some mirror work or shadow work or somatic work to help um, release any expectations that you put on yourself or identity that you put on yourself um, is that deconditioning process. And that's not saying that like everyone benefits from that type of work, the subconscious mind work and the somatic work. But it's just with the G center, they might need a little bit more of it um, because they can be so rigid in, in their identity. All right, next up is the heart or ego center. This center is all about willpower and self-control. That's kind of the theme of the heart or ego center. And if you have a defined heart or ego center, there is this, first of all, you have this fixed and consistent access to willpower. Um, and you there's a potential to have like a natural, healthy sense of self-esteem. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, I struggled with self-esteem for a good chunk of my life. I can be very convincing and and of of my opinion I can just feel like I'm very it's like a, I'm convicted in that this is who this is my opinion that could also be because of my head and Ajna as well but some people look at me and think I have a lot of self-esteem or in the past would think I have a lot of it but it was something I would struggle so those with a defined ego tend to have a natural sense of healthy sense sorry a natural sense of self-esteem but that, you know, that's not necessarily always the case. Um, but they do tend to handle competition with willpower. They handle, like, they do have, they do have the ability or the potential to handle competition very well because of that, that willpower that they have. Um, they enjoy working, but they also prefer to be in a position where they're self-employed as opposed to working for a boss. And I would say that is very true for myself. Um, they can get carried away and come across a little bit too forceful or place unrealistic expectations on others, um, especially when they're around those who are undefined or open hearts. So the key to someone with a defined heart center is um, to not let anyone deny them the expression of that willpower, right? And, and proving themselves is healthy for them. It's not like they're proving who they are to get approval is like it's just showing up and and showing people what what their gifts are and what they're capable of but they do have this consistent source of willpower and ego to take action with an undefined or open ego or heart center there is not a consistent access to willpower and they naturally do not have the impulse to be willful um, they do can feel, they can feel a pressure to compare themselves with others with defined egos um, and they can also fall, fall into this unhealthy comparison trap because they're looking because of the energy that they, they're pulling in energy from other people. Um, the key with undefined and open center or heart centers is to recognize that they don't have anything to prove, right? They, it's just to make sure that they're guiding, they're guiding themselves and finding out what's correct for themselves by using their strategy and authority. Also, another thing that they say about those who have undefined and open centers, and this is where, you know, human design is kind of like an experimentation. You need to try it on, figure it out for yourself. If this is something that, um, if this is something that uh, is right for you, but they say those who have an open or undefined 
heart center because of they don't have that consistent access to willpower is is not to make promises to themselves or to others, which honestly, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I think making promises to ourselves and carrying it out is a way to get confidence, is a way to um, embody that, you know, that we trust ourselves. So I don't know if I necessarily believe in that, but that is like one of the, I guess, the descriptions of an open or undefined heart center. So next up is the sacral center. This the theme about the sacral center is all about life force, energy, workforce, creativity. Um, and if you think about where your sacral chakra is, it's basically where the sacral center is. Um, it's also the sacral authority is when you're if you have an sacral authority, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to part two. But when I talk about like how how does it feel? Um when your sacral authority is kind of letting you know or is communicating with you. But if you have a defined sacral authority, you have this abundant access to sacral life force energy. And so that basically that energy is what can carry them through any task or project. Um, if, if it's being initiated through a, um, if it's being initiated through a, their strategy, you know, um, if it's like waiting for that response, for their sacral response. The challenge with defined sacrals is that it can exhaust itself if, if, if it's initiating in its own direction without waiting for that response. Um, there can be, you know, they can get stuck. You can feel, you can, can feel stuck or frustrated in that process of waiting. But the key is to not initiate without responding first. So like to follow that strategy and that, it, well, follow that strategy, which I think I talk about in part one. The characteristics of an undefined or open sacral center you know, there's no consistent access to life force energy. It doesn't mean you don't have access to it. It's just not on 24-7. And so it there is ability to step back and allow others to do work that it doesn't want to do. It's just because they don't have necessarily the energy to carry them through. So it's important that they surrender to those who have that defined um, sacral. Uh, there can be this challenge or this conditioning to take on too much and overcommitting to things, especially if you're around a lot of people with defined sacrals. And especially if like you are raised by parents who have a defined sacral and you have an, um, and, and you don't have a defined sacral, right? Like, so let's say you are a splenic authority and you are a splenic projector and you don't have that um, sacral authority, but your parents were generators and they did, you might be, a, you might be raised to believe that you have all this endless energy. And so it's important for you to recognize um, that you don't. And so to, to really lean into your own strategy and authority. Um, it's also important that the, that for undefined open characteristics, or sorry, it's also important for undefined and open sacral centers, uh, for those that have an undefined open sacral center, is to set appropriate work-life boundaries and to recognize, you know, signs of physical exhaustion um, and to incorporate breaks throughout the day to recharge that, that authority. I'm sorry, that center. Okay, next up is the solar plexus. And the theme of the solar plexus is all about emotions, feelings, and passion. And so if you have a defined solar plexus, um, you have this fixed and consistent output of way of processing emotional energy. And so the solar plexus has an emotional wave. And we talked about, I talked about this again in the authority, but it's important for those who have a defined solar plexus when it comes to decision making, you need to kind of ride out that wave because if you're at the top of the wave, things are gonna look good. If you're at the bottom of the wave, things are gonna look bad. And so you wanna make sure you, or not bad, but like you're just not interested in it. 
Um, so we want to make sure we ride out that wave and we get to a place of neutrality. And so the golden rule with those that have a defined solar plexus is that there is no truth in the now. The truth reveals itself over time. And that could just be like sleeping on it or waiting a day or two before responding. Those with solar defined solar plexus can be very impulsive because they are driven by emotion. So that so we can be conditioned to respond in the now because our emotions can be so uh, palpable. Um, but it is important to to ride that wave out um, and wait until you know you get to that clarity. Undefined and open solar plexus. Those were sorry. Those with an open and undefined solar plexus don't have fixed or consistent way of processing emotional energy. Um, and it's funny because those with an undefined or open tend to be pretty cool and calm when they're by themselves. And they could also be cool and calm when they're around other people because that's just, they don't have like this up and down um, with with the emotional energy. Uh, or they can take on and amplify other people's emotions. So if you have an open uh or undefined solar plexus, you would be, I guess, the true definition of an empath if you're taking on other people's feelings. Now, I have a defined solar plexus and I definitely take on people's feelings too. So I wouldn't necessarily say that that's only what, an, you know, you're only an empath if it's undefined or open, but you can easily take on other people's feelings and emotions and, and feel that way. And then you're responding based on how you're feeling. So it's important if you're feeling off and if you're around other people to go to a different room, to like step outside, to go somewhere else, to really check in with yourself if, this, if these are your emotions or someone else's. Okay, so next we're gonna go into the spleen. Spleen is all about intuition, instinct, and survival. People that have a defined spleen have a fixed and reliable instinct and intuitive knowing. Um, they tend to have a strong immune system um, and they don't realize that they're sick until they're really sick because of just, I mean, it's all about intuition and survival. So like they're, they're, the, the defines, uh, the defined spleen can take on a lot before they realize like, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, I need to chill out a little bit. Uh, something I want to say about the defined spleen is if you're like me and you have a defined spleen, a defined sacral and a defined solar plexus, it can almost be confusing as to when is the right time to make the decision because you could have that instinctual not awareness through the spleen and then also this sacral gut yes immediate gut yes through the sacral but ultimately if you have all three of those defined your solar plexus is still your authority and that is when you still need to take time to really like process your decision because it might be like yes right now I want to do this but then when you get to that place of neutrality you're like oh well wait a minute actually I don't really want to do this so it's important because it can be very convincing in that moment especially if you have all those three defined if you have an undefined or open spleen there is no fixed reliable instinct I mean you have instinctive knowledge of course but it's not on 24 7 so um you can actually be magnifying other people's fears so it's important that if you're taking on other people's fears to check in like is it is are you afraid of this because someone else is afraid of this are you afraid of this because um you're taking it on yourself so run it through your strategy and authority and because of taking on other people's fears they tend to have or they can have the potential to have um, sensitive immune systems um, and they can get sick pretty easily because of that so it's important for those who have an undefined or 
um, oh, sorry, yeah, undefined or open spleen is to learn to let go of what is no longer good for them and to not attach their self to external people or things to help them feel good because they're, because it, of that, of it being the theme related to survival, they might look to other people to like make them feel safe. Um, and so it's important not to attach to that, that you, you have that ability within yourself. And finally, the root center is all about pressure and drive and ambition and so if you have an undefined or open root center, there's you have a fixed way of dealing with stress and pressure. You have the ability to release and process stress in particular ways. You use stress constructively as fuel. Um, the challenge is that you can expect others to be capable of handling things with the same amount of pressure. They can deal with the amount of pressure as you. It's like, well, why, why can't you keep up? How come? Like, come on, let's go. Like, you don't need to like, this doesn't need, need to bother you, you know? And so we have this ability or not. I, I don't, I don't have a defined um, root center, but those who have a defined root center have this ability to just take on a lot and they expect others to be able to take on a lot as well. So it's important for them to realize that everyone has their own ability or their own process of stress. Um, and so if, so actually, the key to those that have a defined root center is to not begin anything in life unless it's rooted in either a place of stillness or a sense of joy. And so they can easily, because they have this healthy amount of stress and healthy amount of um, like ambition, they can take on a lot. So it doesn't mean you can, t- if you can take a lot on a lot that you should in that moment. So you want to make sure we're at a place of stillness before we do that. If you're at an undefined, or if you have an undefined or open root center, the characteristics of that would be no fixed way of dealing with stress and pressure, um, that you naturally do not face pressure to be productive when you are alone, but you rather experience stress as something coming from others. And I can totally attest to that. I can easily be in the space of like, I got to get stuff done. I got to get stuff done because, you know, maybe my husband is working and I think I have to work too. Or it's it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and I feel like I need to be productive instead of maybe going to take a bath or whatever. So it's checking in with myself through my strategy and authority of, uh, uh, is it okay? Is it the right time for me to take a break? And one of the things that I've had to tell myself is the work will always be there. You know, we can be in this, um, feeling we constantly need to work, get things done, but the work will always be there. We can take a break and come back. So we can have this amplified pressure to take on from our environment. Um, and and because the way of us getting rid of that pressure is that we do things just to get rid of that pressure. But really what we need to do is like just take a step back and um, nourish our soul a little bit and follow our strategy and authority to see if this is the right time for us to take that stuff around. Okay, so those were the nine centers. I went through them really fast. Um, I When I do my readings. I love talking about the centers. There's so much wisdom, like our gifts are within the defined centers, but also we can be provide so much wisdom to others from our place of undefined centers. And there's just so much awareness when where it's undefined is usually where a lot of conditioning and programming can reside because of we're, t- we're picking up energy from other people. So it's just, again, this, this awareness. Um, and so I, in my readings, I have four different levels of readings. In my basic, I don't go into centers, but in my foundational reading and up, I definitely include centers. And the other thing I love to do and love to talk about in my readings are just different elements of the chart that you don't necessarily, you may not necessarily pick up on your own. Um, You almost need someone to guide you through it. 
And though I do those in my signature reading, we really dive deep into our some of our gates. And so what I want to talk about or what are some of the gates that I like to look at. And especially I have this um, program called Activate Intensive and it's just a 90 minute one-on-one coaching call. But beforehand you fill out this Google doc and I wanna know what your limiting beliefs are. Where is a block that's holding you back? And when I find out that block or that limiting belief, I put it through the lens of your human design chart and I look for what could be reasons that could explain this block and how can we move through it? And so one of the things I look at are called fear gates. Now fear gates are located in your spleen. Um, and so it's located uh, obviously in a defined or undefined spleen, not in an open spleen because there's no gates activated in an open spleen. But I wanna look specifically that each gate has a gift, uh, but there's also in the in the spleen for specifically, there's like the sphere of, um, a fear that can be preventing present preventing you from leaning into where you your desires or where you want to go and depending on where that gate exists so if that gate exists in your unconscious or conscious earth and sun signs then i know it's gonna be playing a pretty big theme in your life um and or if it's um you know, in your Mercury, then that might be something that you're here to communicate or work through or what. So I like to look at what the fear gates are and where they present on your chart, because that really gives me some more information as to where you are and like what might be preventing you from moving forward. Um, and along the same lines of that, I always like to look at your conscious and unconscious earth and sun signs in general, because again, that that plays a huge role and a huge theme. Your conscious sun sign, I think, make up like 80% of your whole human design energy. So it plays a huge, huge role. And it's part, it makes up part of our incarnation cross, which is basically the theme of our lifetime. And so I like to look at those gates to see what is showing up. Um, how does that relate to you? How, how can it, what are the gifts that you're here to embody? What is something that might be pre- presenting, sorry, preventing you from uh, embodying those gifts? Um, and so we just able to kind of have a conversation about it. And what I love human design for is, again, it brings this awareness, but it brings this awareness in such a gentle way because it's just a different lens to look on. So we're able to, or a different lens to like look at things. So we're able to talk about things that you might not realize that it's there, but it, it gives like this, um, it gives like this framework to be able to reference things because it's your chart. Like I'm looking at that and I'm able to like explain it to you. So we're able to kind of use that filter to, to talk a little bit more about your journey. Other parts of your chart I love to look at is your Mercury, which is what you're here to communicate. And what is your main, um, what's your, the main message that you want to get out to people? What's like the main thing you want to communicate? And I, again, I look at where, um, where that gate exists, what center it exists in, um, what is the gift expression of that gate, what is the shadow expression of that gate. And it just, again, brings awareness uh, for me and for me to share with you a big part of your purpose in this lifetime. And then the other ones I like to look at are North Node and South Node. And so South Node is all about what you've already learned in your past like lifetimes. And what did you come here already integrating or or to be integrated usually I think the conversion from south node to north node is around 30 years of age or maybe not conversion is the right word the the transition from south node to um to north node happens around 30 years of age so those first 30 years you're still really integrating 
that south node, but you basically are you're coming into this lifetime already mastering it or will be mastering it. The north node is all about what you you are here to master. What are you here to learn? So I like to look at those two because it gives me more information as to what your gifts are. What's in your south node is a big part of your gifts. Your north node is going to be a big part of like what you're here to learn. Um, and then finally, your moon. Moon is all about motivation. Like what motivates you? What is like, what? what's that driving force for you? So I like to look at that gate too to give you insight into why why your desires are what they are or why you're being pulled in a certain direction. And it just empowers you of... Um, empowers you to really embrace who you are. And the thing about human design, like there should never be, human design should never be a reason why you can't do something. It should always be a reason why you can. And while we have our strengths and our weaknesses and why some things might be really well, you know, we might excel at and some things might be a challenge, it's just a way to work around that energy. So, you know, how you go about one thing might be different from how you go about someone else. But if you're looking at how someone else is doing and wanting to replicate it, it might not work for you because that might not be your gift. So we talk about like even in business, you know, there's business strategy, but successful businesses, like 90% of it's energy and maybe 10% of strategy. So if you're seeing like, um, business blueprints of do your business this way, like wash and repeat through this way, but it's not working for you. It's probably because the people who've had that success have the, um, are utilizing their gifts. And then we get stuck into this, how come it's not working out for me? It's not meant for me. No, it's just, you need to learn how to harness your own power, your own gifts. And this is what, why I love the human design and why I, I wanted to do this podcast, um, series is to talk about it. So that was it. Those are all the part three of your human design. I might come in and do another episode in the future um, to talk a little bit other aspects of your chart. But if you are wanting to learn a little bit more um, and are ready to dive in a little bit deeper beyond what you're able to pick up on your own, I would love to walk you through your human design. You can head over to my website, karengalway.com and click on human design. It'll list out the different packages. And again, I have something very basic to signature where we dive deep and go through all this stuff. And and what I've said, I think I probably said this in part one, is a lot of us stop, a lot of people will stop at their human design type. You're like, oh, I'm a manifesting generator. And I know I, you know, I'm an emotional manifesting generator and I know I need to make decisions through my emotional authority. And and that's great. Honoring your energy is a huge um part of it, right? Being able to learn how to use your energy, but it's not it's just the tip of the iceberg with human design. You are, there are like millions and billions of manifesting generators out there. And if you are a manifesting generator, how is that separating you from other people? And the answer to that is within the crevices of your chart, is within the depth of your chart. And so if you're interested in exploring more, I encourage you to really dive into human design, find someone, um, and that could be me. And like I said, it's, I have four different packages. The first, I have it I have it set up with the intention of if you're someone that takes needs time to process things, then maybe the first two packages would be like ideal for you. But the intention is to come back and upgrade. And the way I have it set up is one time only you can use the credit of of the package that you purchase first to upgrade to the second. So like, I think the first one is $88. Um, it's probably about like a 25 minute reading. 
And to give you some context, my signature reading is 90 minutes. So if you wanted to come back and do a 90 minute reading, I would take $88 off of that because I've already done that work. I've already done that intro and it's to be used one time. And I think within the first six months, because otherwise it's just restarting all over again. So anyways, if you want to check it out, go to my website. Information is there. Message me on Instagram at I am Karen Galway. If you have any questions or comments or want to share your opinion on this, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm over there a lot and I love to just, um, interact with other people. So feel free to message me over there and then I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I understand how valuable your time is and I'm honored that you spent it with me. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love it if you could leave a five-star rating as well as a review on Apple Podcasts. This just takes a few minutes, but it would mean so much to me as I work to get my message out to the world. And as a thank you for your support, if you screenshot this podcast episode, post it on Instagram stories and tag me at I am Karen Galway. I will send you a free guide to understanding your human design so that you can start living a life by your design. I'll see you on the next episode.